Boy, you are here with Goonie and Deck. What's going on, my bro? Yo, what's good? Listen, before we get into this video, make sure you like, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We're almost at 500 subscribers, man. You lot have been excellent with your sharing. I say this every week, but just like every time I say, I just want to show you the progress that we're making. So I'm just letting you know, like, whatever it is that you lot are doing, it's helping massively. Please continue to do so, man. We've still got a long, long way to go. Um, but yeah, me and Deck, we're here. We're going to do a little roundup of the Premier League. Uh, we've done it a bit late this week. I wanted to do it for yesterday, but I had a few things that came up last minute. So, Deck, we're going to start with your team, Liverpool, smoking out Norwich 3-0 quite comfortably. So, Deck, you can start off on that one. Well, it's a good omen. You remember what happened last time we beat Norwich comfortably on opening day? Two seasons yeah. ago? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a good result, man. It's... Uh... It's just good to have football back uh, with the with full crowds. I mean, I was gassed. Like, I was proper buzzing. It just felt like, it, it almost felt like we had like two seasons off or a season and a half off. I know, obviously, yeah. we played a full season last year, but just having the atmospheres back, it just, it just felt different. It, it felt exciting. Um, and obviously, to get off three points, clean sheet, the main man, Mo, bag in. Um, Jota carrying on where he left off from the start of last season. Um, and then Firmino coming on looking sharp, getting his goal. Perfect result all around. Uh, 90 minutes for Virgil. Can't understate how how important that is, how massive it is to see him back on the pitch, proper leader in the team. So just a great, great opening game. Couldn't, couldn't have gone any better. Let's talk about the first goal, Diego Jota. Uh, slotting away after what looked like a missed a, a bad touch from Salah, but it just fell into Jota's path and he just slotted it away. You want to talk me through that one? Yeah, it was, um, it was a good little ball in by Trent. Um, sort of just broke the lines, and yeah, it, it was definitely a, a lucky touch by Salah. He obviously tried to tried to get on the end of it, but it fell perfectly. And that's what Jota brings, you know. He's, he's a live wire. He's always on his toes, and um, when he plays through the middle, he's he, he occupies. He doesn't do the same as Firmino, but he gets into those good areas. And like you say, you, you've just got to be there as that middleman of the front three. You've just got to be in that area when the ball drops. And he did it. Scuffed the finish, which probably sort of confused the keeper a little bit because the keeper should have done a lot better. 100%. But I think the scuffs just took it in. Um, happy days, 1-0 on our way. And to be honest with you, it wasn't even against the run of play. Liverpool just looked comfortable no, from the off. From minute, from minute one, yeah. From minute one, we just we just looked comfortable. We just it, we, we, it, we carried on from pre-season, though. Um, if anyone, any Liverpool fans had watched pre-season, ignoring the results, the results weren't amazing, but the performances were there. Um, we looked sharp from, from the first pre-season game. Um, and I think we've... We, we're going to benefit probably more than a lot of clubs with having, we had Mane was there the whole time through pre-season. Salah was there the whole time through pre-season. Um, obviously, Portugal went out fairly early, so Jota was was there for a good chunk of it. Um, then, obviously, Van Dijk didn't go to the Euros. Trent didn't go to the Euros. They both had a full pre-season. Um, Scotland went out early, so Robbo was there, even though, obviously, he took that knock. Um but yeah, we're looking sharp, man. We I was really excited before the season. Um, and the first game just confirmed uh, I had every right to be excited. 
Not very good. We're gonna we're definitely gonna come on to to Van Dyke um, as a little separate subject because obviously that's that's a hot talking point. Um, obviously, you guys saw the first half through one nil that Jota goal quite comfortably. To be honest, one nil was quite a flattering scoreline for for yeah. for Norwich. Yeah, it could have been could have been much worse. Your front three, like you said, they look sharp. Firmino, um, I was literally just I'm not gonna lie to you, just to, as a as a refresher, I was looking at the the highlights and it was the movement of Firmino again, even because we're gonna come into his second goal, 67th minute in the second half. Um it's just it he, he was in, he was he was involved in the movement in the goal, right? And if you just see how like he was just slowly jogging into that space, because Salah Salah and, and, and Mane, they was they was just doing their thing on the other side. But I was paying attention to Firmino. And you see little things like that that people tend to avoid. It's that mm-hmm. timing of being there. Because everyone's going to say, oh, it's a tapping, it's a tapping. Well, here's the flip side to it. You get players, i.e. Timo Werner, who are too hasty. They would have made the sprint way too early. And yeah. that would have made one of two things. A, the defender would have seen you and he would have been onto you. Ball coming in, chances are it's going to be a clearance. Or B, you're just going to be offside. But it's just that presence of mind to understand what's going on around you to approach the box in that sort of manner, in the way that Firmino did. But yeah, I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk through um, the build-up to that goal as well. Yeah, I mean, he started it. I think Milner slipped him in down the left-hand side. Um and he sort of just carried it. He, he wasn't trying to burst down. He was just carrying it. He knew Mane was was in, in a good bit of space in the middle. And he kept looking and he picked the right right time to play the pass. Um, but Mane was a bit unlucky because he come inside the defender really smartly. Yeah. Um, scuffed his shot a little bit, which obviously took it into the direction of Salah. And like you said, Firmino, he come in, he, he come in late. He sort of hung out on the left. After yeah, he played, he's Slightly and, just slipped yeah, in, didn't he? and just, just arrived at the box perfectly. Um, and like you say, Salah, Salah did great. He Salah clocked him straight away. Yeah, presence of mind right there. He, he had the whole eighteen yard box to himself to just pick his spot. Um, yeah, he's looked really sharp. Uh, he was he was unlucky actually not to not to get the nod. Um, but Jota obviously had a few more few more minutes under his belt in preseason, and. The, the three that started played together more in, in preseason. Yeah. So I think that's why Jota got the nod. But it's good to see like that, that competition, Jota and Firmino both scoring, sort of keeping each other on the toes. I think that's what Bobby needs. He's had a good rest this summer. Um he didn't feature too much for Brazil, I don't think. Yeah. Um so he's quite rested. He looks fresh. And just that bit of competition, like he knows his place isn't guaranteed now. So I think, I'm hoping we're going to see that 17-18 Firmino back where he scored 29 goals, I think it was, in all competitions. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about, about his role to play this season. I mean, for, for that to happen, obviously, um, Mane's got to start looking sharp, which he did. Um, obviously, the only thing he's missing is just getting on the goal, goal. sheet, which will yeah. come naturally. Yeah, that's going to come naturally. Salah, obviously, Salah just doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. So, obviously, that's going to suit Firmino down to a T. I'm expecting him to at least hit the double figures in the goals this year. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be important for you in the title charge as well. Mm-hmm. Um, goals being spread equally amongst your front three because that was the case in, in, in your other two. Although Salah obviously was the main man leading the goal scoring, 
money was still putting in his share, uh, his, his share of goals. Yeah, so I mean, if, still putting in his share of goals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we can get, you know, Salah's going to do his thing. He's going to be there, thereabouts, the golden boot. There are thereabouts, thirty goals plus in all competitions. Yeah. So if we can get sort of around ten league goals from each from the other three, that's that's going to put us in good stead. Um, exactly. That's going to put us on at least 50 goals between the four of them in the league. You, you can't really ask much more than that from your attack. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's looking promising going forward. Oh, and another record for Salah. Five opening days in a row there for you go. Prem history to do it. There you go. Listen, Salah's the opposite of, of, of Arteta. Arteta keeps getting, like, awards for, like, the first of breaking, like, the worst <laughs> records. Salah's just doing the opposite. He's breaking the good records. But, obviously, the third and final goal, speaking of my man Mo Salah, what a finish that was. And, again, to the to the untrained eye, it just looks like he's he, he's controlled the ball, brought it, put, um, brought it down and just slapped it. But, in all actuality, if you saw the amount of spin on that ball... And what you had to do to kill that ball, it was oh, very, very difficult. Yeah. 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 And that took yeah. had and then, to be perfect. Exactly. Because literally where the ball at was, was was stopped was literally within his stride to hit it first time. Yeah. So and attack again, will come in a split second after that's the strike what I'm, as well. That's what I'm saying. And these, and this is what I try to make people understand. These are the differences between world-class players and very, very good players who are kind of trying to hit that bracket. It's mm-hmm. that it's been under that kind of pressure and still being able to pull off such difficult techniques. You see what I'm saying? And then get the end result. He does it time and time again. But talk me through that goal there, Dick. Yeah, just, just typical, typical Salah. I mean, he actually scored um, a very similar goal on the opening day last season. Um, yeah. It was a cross or a corner come in against Leeds. Um, and his first touches just killed it perfectly to, to get that quick strike off. Um, and like you said, that it had to be perfect because it was a, it was an awkward ball to control. He sort of controlled it with his studs and he just killed it right in front of him. Um, and like he had to get that shot off when he did because tackles come in literally as soon as it flew off his boot. Uh, and yeah. you, you just can't. I mean, he was stood on the edge of the box with no one marking him. And I think the commentator said it. You can't let, for me, the yeah, best yeah. attacker in the league just linger on the edge of the box for, for, from a corner. It's just, it's suicide, and and he, and he punished them. And he deserved the goal as well. He was unbelievable all day. Yeah, he um, was he, just he was taking off where he left off. He looks lean. He looks quick. He looks sharp. He looks. He said, I mean, you say it every year. He's, he's a consummate professional. Um, it reminds me of Ronaldo in the sense of obviously with him being Muslim as well. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He's in ridiculous physical condition. He yeah, can go on for, throw. yeah, yeah. He, he'll sign a new contract in the next few weeks, and he'll carry on at this level for at least three, four more seasons. 100%. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's easy. How how old is Mo Salah now? Twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. So he's going to be doing this until he's mid thirties. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So obviously, that was the final goal of the game. Three 0 three 0 Liverpool. Um, I think it goes without saying Mo Salah was was head and shoulders man of the match for me anyway. But I want to talk about one or two things before we end um, the topic on that game. Um, we're going to come on to Van Dyke last. Uh, but I want to talk about Harvey Elliott. It was nice to see him come on 
and make a little cameo. What does that mean for him? Is he actually going to be in and around the Liverpool team this season or do you see him being loaned out again? No, Klopp's already confirmed he, he won't go on loan. And I, I don't think I don't think he needs to. I don't um, he could have he could have started that game. Um I mean he was actually starting um a lot of the preseason games. Uh, obviously at the back end of towards the end of preseason, you sort of you can see you starting eleven sort of start to take shape and, and the ones who are gonna play the majority of the season start to get more minutes. And he was involved all the time. And he's actually what I like about when he plays Klopp's been playing him in the midfield three. Yeah. But he makes it more of a four. You know what I mean? He sort of in attack, he he occupies that that's when, when Salah comes inside, he goes on the outside. And he seems to have such a good understanding with, with Salah already in terms of if Salah makes that inside run that he loves to make, Harvey will just hang wide in case anything needs to go wide or spills wide. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he's for me. He can he can contribute this season. Um, whatever minutes Shakiri or Rigi have been getting, uh, them minutes can go to him. We might sign another attacker, but if we don't, he's just going to get more minutes. Um, and and I think he's ready. I don't think he's ready to be thrown in at the deep end and like be relied on to play week in week out. But especially like when you're playing like a Norwich, if you go two three up early. He can come on, get forty-five minutes, thirty minutes, and, and make an impact. And so I think we'll see him start uh, five, five, five Premier League games, maybe, um, and he'll get some some solid minutes. But he's ready, man. He's such a he's such an exciting talent. Um, I wasn't even this excited about Trent as he was bursting through. Yeah, obviously Trent was a massive talent, but. He was a midfielder, so it was a little bit different. He's coming to a new position in, in, mm-hmm. in men's football. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids just... The, the maturity that he plays with yes. is way beyond his years. The, I would say the one thing that The one thing that separates the really good uh, youngsters and the elite youngsters is that decision-making at, at early. Yeah. He, he, plays like, he plays like he's in his prime. You know yes. what I mean? It's... Good technique. The passes are always crisp. It's always the right pass. He beats a man in sensible areas. It doesn't try to do too much. You know, I think that sometimes these kids come into a team like Liverpool and they're a bit eager to impress and they try and do too much when they get the ball. But he's just soaking in everything and he just gets better every time I see him. Um, but now very excited about him. 100% he stays and gets gets good minutes this year. Yeah, he must. That's that. That's a little maverick there in the making. You've got oh, a little world-class player there in the making, man, 100%. And who better to nurture him and, and turn him into that than Jurgen Klopp and learning around Mo Salah, Mane and all these guys. Is the recipe for that to be successful. It's all, there. Yeah. it's all there. So, um, and last but definitely not least, the return of the big beast himself, Virgil van Dijk, in my opinion, um, before he was injured the best centre-back in the Premier League, perhaps the best centre-back in the world, has to be said. Or argument that the argument's definitely there. But um, a lot of rumours before 
um, his return was that he wasn't gonna, he didn't look the same in training, he wasn't gonna come back the same player. I don't really listen to that kind of stuff, but um, obviously, Deck, you've looked at it more in depth than I have, naturally, being a Liverpool fan. How did he look to you on his return? Um, it's, it's, I think with Van Dyke, it's a difficult one because if we're not in a dogfight, like that was a pretty comfortable game, yeah. Um, and you know, the way he plays, he. He doesn't barely break a sweat even when he's 100% fit. Yeah. So it's hard to say. Um, he definitely didn't look 100% fit. Like, he's definitely not... He's not match fit. Match fit, you know yeah. I mean? He's fit. He's fit enough to play, obviously, playing 90 minutes. But he's not He's not fully up to speed yet. Um, it'd have been interesting if we were playing a Chelsea or, or someone like that, if he'd have got the nod. Uh, maybe Klopp thought he'd be able to coast through this game. No disrespect to Norwich. Um, but I think there was one thing not in the game yet uh, on Saturday. It was actually in the first preseason game that he made an appearance. He just come on. I know he got twisted up in the game, <laughs> but there was a, a little recovery sprint that he did, and that just let me know straight away like he's, he's not lost any pace. Yeah, like once he gets up to speed, that 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 pace is still there. That recovery pace. Um, it's a freak athlete, you know what I mean? I know everyone says, oh, people don't always come back the same. He's not like, he's not an injury-prone guy. And he's yeah. he's a physical specimen, you know what I mean? Like, if anyone's going to come back and get back to the levels, it's, it's going to be someone like him. So, obviously, all Liverpool fans are absolutely ecstatic to see him back. Um, I wouldn't say our season rides on it, but if he can stay fit, um, and get back up to those levels. There's no team in the world that wouldn't benefit from him being there. In in all honesty, in my opinion, he's the difference between you potentially winning a title or not winning it. But and that's not a disrespect to your to your squad. It's just a defender oh, like no. that is worth his weight in gold to any mm-hmm. team. But he's, he's he's the lead he's the leader as well. Yeah, I know Henderson's the club captain, but he is the go. He's the organizer on the pitch. He. He's the other voice alongside Henderson, and he's the one that everyone looks to, especially like defensive. The the, the rest of the defense, um, with Samikas coming in, uh, with Robertson out for the next few weeks, that's a big boost to have Van Dijk next to him, just coaching him for a little bit, giving him a bit of advice, and uh, a special shout out to Joel Matip as well because I think oh, if yeah. he can stay yeah. fit, one of the most underrated. Defenders, the Premier League, so, in my so opinion, comf- he's so comfortable on the ball, like bringing the ball out from the back, yeah. and even and the thing is, is like I always say, that I've said this for years. I always judge defenders on their defending first before anything else. He's he's brilliant at that too, and I think yeah. him him being next to Van Dyke as as most intelligent players should has helped him massively. Yeah, in that sense he's become way more of a complete sort of centre back. You can ask him to do pretty much any role. You can ask him to be a ball playing centre back, just a, a, a centre back that just wins the ball, plays it to the to the nearest player or whatever. Bro, he's just that guy. He's he's mm-hmm. got he's got a lot around him. I think he could even probably play defensive mid. Probably not against like one of the top no, five, top four I mean, teams or whatever. Yeah, but like if like need if needed to deputize in there, I think he could do a decent job. hundred oh, percent. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He can go past players. He breaks the lines. Yeah, he could definitely he, he could definitely do like a David Luiz kind of job 
yeah. in there. Um, and I think for me, if he stays fit, the, the other two struggle to get in the team. That's how good he is when, when he's fit and has a run of games. I mean, I think he's played... He's only played about... I think it's 41 or 42 games in the Premier League for Liverpool, like, since he signed. Like, that just shows you his injury record. Um, but we've only lost one game in which he started in the Premier League in his whole Liverpool career. It's just you can't get him on the pitch enough. That's that's his, that's the biggest issue with him. Is just getting him on the pitch. Keep him keep him and Van Dijk on the pitch for thirty plus Premier League games, and, and we're going to be right right up there. Hundred percent. So, well, yeah, I have to agree with that. Hundred percent. But you do have a good another good option to deputise there in in Konate, and he's more than capable to hit the ground running. But it's just also about keeping him fit as well. Mm-hmm. So comfortable win there. Comfortable win there for Liverpool. We're going to move on to another very comfortable win. Um, A team that many are saying have been overlooked because of the success of Chelsea, uh, Manchester City being the title challengers. Um, I think uh, similar to Liverpool, actually, because this success is sort of like overlooked that the fact that you are actually legitimate title challengers. And from what we are seeing in the early stages Manchester United 5 Leeds United 1 um Bruno Fernandes you would think that a Bruno Fernandes hat trick would have been enough to get him man of the match comfortably and clearly but then when you look at the story behind that you've got a certain Paul Pogba who got four assists in that game. Two of them assisted Bruno Fernandes. One of them was the Mason Greenwood and the Fred goal. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness me. How where where do we begin with that goal? Do should we should we just start with Leeds and get that out of the way first? Yeah, I mean I, I really like Leeds. I'm a big Bielsa fan. Um the only problem with Leeds is I feel like the way they played against United there is the way they play every game. Um, and I think that that's a bit naive. Like the way they played, they, they were too cavalier in, in, in the way they set up, I thought. Um, they don't have very quick defenders. Um, and they just they just left the defenders too isolated. Uh, Fernandez had way too much space to just do what he wanted. Yep. Pogba was just... Pogba was majestic the whole game. Um, no one could really him, get near him. It, 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 I mean, for me, like... If anyone follows me on Twitter or whatever, I've got a, I always have a Pogba agenda. But if I've got an agenda against you, it's because I think you're a quality player. Yeah. And for me, like when, when he plays like that, he's as good as any midfielder in world football, without a shadow of a doubt. The only problem is you only see that like 20% of the time when he's got a United shirt on. So, well, is, is, is that, but that's also down to Solskjaer because sometimes Solskjaer will play him out on the left wing. And it's just like, what, what, what are you doing, bruv? But then he was operating in, in, in those kind of areas against Leeds. I know he wasn't technically like in that position, but he, he can he can do. I think the ball he slipped into Fred was was out from the left, wasn't yeah. it? But then, like, he I can think, operate in those positions. But I think it's I think with a player like Pogba again, I like to use the word maverick because that's what he is. You've just got to play him in his position and just say to him, you know what, go out there and just do your thing. That's mm-hmm. it. And I think that's the I think uh, that's why Solskjaer has struggled to 
to work with him because Pogba's the kind of guy where I don't think you need to tell him much because the way he sees the game and understands it, it's just be it's just ridiculous. And what you need him, what you really need to do as Manchester United manager is play around this guy's strengths. Forget, mm-hmm. listen, I know you've got Sancho, you've got Greenman, you've got all of these guys, you've got Bruno Fernandes, but your central hub in creation is Paul Pogba. And you haven't always catered to his strengths. No, no. I mean, they've tried. I mean, how many times have we heard, oh, we're signing this guy to get the best out of Pogba and Rara? And yeah. Again, that part of it probably is down to coaching. And, and maybe that's where if Man United had a better coach, they might have been able to get more out of him. But I don't think you can put it all on him. I think part of it's got to lie with Pogba. Um, but started the season off as, as, as good as he could have asked. Um, but yeah, back to Leeds. I, they were just poor. There's a couple of moments where uh, Rafinha got on the ball and, and looked a bit dangerous. But it was just individual bits of quality where they looked dangerous. They didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't do much as a team. They didn't look dangerous as a unit. Um, that, 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 that sort of pressing and players running, getting all those kilometres up like we're used to seeing, it just didn't feel like it was there. Um, but yeah, it was just a poor showing from him. I think tactically he got it wrong. Um, didn't do enough in-game to, to change it and try and nullify uh, where Man U were hurting them, but Man U were, were, were brilliant. I actually turned it off for a bit because uh, I don't like yeah. playing that well. Yeah, but no, exactly. yeah, all credit to them. Um, again, a bit like us, they couldn't have asked for much more. Couldn't really do anything about the goal. It was just a, a, a wonder strike against them to deny them a clean sheet. Um, but yeah, Bruno Fernandez is about as inevitable as Mo Salah at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. No, exactly, exactly, and uh, that that was my next question. I was going to ask you. Uh, obviously, you get the banter about Bruno Fernandez being a penalty merchant and all that. <laughs> well, he showed he's got a little bit more than that to his game, and one particular finish that I want to talk about because I don't want to go too much in depth into the game. We've still got quite a few other teams we've got to go through, and uh, the bottom line is fuck United anyway. Um, <laughs> his third finish. Oh my goodness, it was, uh, I said it on back again, it reminded me of um, Sergio Aguero because Aguero used to just love to slap it near post and it. Mm-hmm. He was the king at that and it was just nice to see that type of finish. So um, not taking anything away from Bruno Fernandes at all because them finishes there, they weren't easy, especially the third one to get his hat-trick. Oh, no. Beautiful but finish. That's, that's, uh, that, that to me is his strength. Um, getting in those areas... He's very. I don't think he plays exactly the same as him, but he's very Lampard esque in the sense yeah. of he's not a traditional midfielder. He's you, you could argue he's more of a second, second striker. striker. I was going to say like, like the Kai Havertz thing. Yeah, he can yeah. do that kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. I think at times last season where the critics because there was a lot of criticism around him. I know his numbers were phenomenal, and they're looking like they're going to be phenomenal again this year. Um, so you can't deny him that world-class numbers. But I think the criticism comes in is is where w- when he comes a bit deeper and gets involved in the game more, he can he can under-hit passes and, and, and make the wrong decision and kind of go for the Hollywood ball a little bit too much. Don't get me wrong, he pulls it off sometimes as well. Obviously, his assist numbers are, are stupid as well. But I think 
when you get Pogba playing like that, and you don't need Fernandez to 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 come and, and and do that and try and make stuff happen, which I think they were a bit reliant on last season. Yeah, that only bodes well for United because yeah. then Fernandez is much closer to the goal, and that's where he's dangerous. It, it, he's he's dangerous in exactly the same areas that Lampard was dangerous, edge of the box, arriving in um, beyond the striker, those late runs. Um, it's that he's got that he's got that selfishness as well that a striker mm-hmm. should have yeah for a midfielder you see yeah. what i'm saying so he's always like you see in and around that box even if you give him within 30 yards he's lethal he'll pull it yeah he'll pull the trigger and i think there's not enough players like that i don't think we don't have many um I think, like, unless you see Oxley Chamberlain playing for us, we don't really have anyone that tests the keeper from outside the box. I don't think there's, there's an, I don't think there's enough of that actually happening in in football because um, you can make a lot happen off that as well. Um, second uh, rebounds, keeper spills it, hits a defender, um, and that's what Fernandez does. Any anywhere around that box, if, if there's no clear pass, he will get out his feet and he'll. Yeah, and he's got a strike on him, like he will put put it in the top bins, or he's gonna make the keeper work, force a corner, force a a deflection or or whatever. Um so yeah, very encouraging. I I, I much prefer Fernandez. Although I don't want United to win any game ever, I much uh, prefer from just a footballing perspective, I much prefer him arriving late in the box and playing closer to the goal like that. Um and it's only gonna help Greenwood if he's getting Getting those minutes up top too. Was gonna was gonna come on to Greenwood's finish as well. Oh man. So was it was was that Pogba or was that Lindelof that made that assist? Let me double check. No, it was Pogba. It was Pogba. It was Pogba. Beautiful. Oh, it was that, it was that ball. Oh my goodness. Again, mm-hmm. it's just Pogba. You see, the thing is, is the weight of his passes, it the players don't break stride. Do you know how hard it is and how important it is to be able to play a pass to your attackers without them breaking stride? Because yeah. that split second of them having to readjust can just phase out a, a counter attack completely. Well, Greenwood but, doesn't get beyond his man if if that's not in his stride. Exactly, he doesn't, he doesn't get that half a yard to to, to stay exactly because Pogba knew he's looking. He's like that's Mace. He's beating this guy, but he needs some extra yards to get that acceleration there. Mm-hmm. Exactly what he did. Greenwood got there, and then obviously from that angle, there was still a lot to do. But as a proper like, I I, I saw I saw the academy button just go off in him straight away. Hit it low, straight, low, hard, straight across the goalkeeper and find that bottom corner. And he did that to perfection. Mason Greenwood, right? Again, not a Man United fan, but slightly out of the young crop is my favourite player because I think technically he is way, way brilliant beyond his years. Mm-hmm. The way he strikes a ball with his left and his right foot is unbelievable. You don't even know which foot he is. You don't know. Obviously, um, they say he favours his left, but he takes penalties and, 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 and free kicks and stuff with his right foot. And what's this kid? Is he even 20 years old yet? I don't think so. No, he's no, not. 19. I've been saying this, yeah. 
once Cavani, obviously Cavani's getting on a bit, but once his contract is up or United decide to part ways with him, I'd love to see Mason Greenwood down that down the middle. Obviously, again, Chelsea fan, I've got no interest. This is just my football, like my football fan fanboyism in perspective. You're a football fan before you support your team because without football, there is no football team. That's yeah. what I say anyway. But it would be I, I think it would be absolutely lethal for United. Um, but let's <laughs> move. He's without a doubt a number nine. Um, there was there was bits of quality last season uh, out wide. He can go past the man, but you could just see naturally that that wasn't his game. You, you see when he finishes, like he's he's got holes in his game. Don't get me wrong, he's not the complete player, but you don't expect him to be at his age. Yeah, exactly. Um, still think like with his back to goal, he's got got a lot to learn and. He, he he will get there. Don't get me wrong. He's got the likes. He say the likes of Cavani, um, but there's not really anyone else. But Cavani, especially like movement, playing with your back to goal. He's not many better to learn from. Um, but yeah, just his finishing is just ridiculous. He's he's got to be one of the um, most natural finishers in the league already. Percent. You know what I mean? You, you can't teach that. That level of composure kind of reminded me of um, of storage the way the way he took that goal on, um, and then, like you say, that the left footed strike straight across, right in that corner. Just the keeper had no chance. It was that was a seasoned finish, um, but that's what you get from him. And without a doubt, he's a number nine. Without a doubt, he's not a wide man. He's not a, a wide man in a front three at all. He no, needs minutes through that middle, and he'll only get better. Hundred percent. That that's 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 a kid. If if he's if he's nurtured in that position again, no doubt that's a world class talent. But enough about them United scumbags. They can fuck off now. We've had the, they've had enough of their praise for now. Yeah. Ah, let's get onto one of my favourite games of the week. No, it's not Chelsea. It's Brentford two. Arsenal nil. Now, why this is my favourite? In case a lot of you don't know, is obviously Arsenal. It's always good to see him in despair. But I did say before the game, on camera, documented. So you lot can't say I'm chatting shit. I said Arsenal would get smoked out of their boots comfortably. That's why I said. Brentford 2, Arsenal nil. Deck, what is going on with Arsenal Football Club? Because in all honesty, yeah, they look weaker than they did last season. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk? I think that's the. I think you've just probably used the perfect word there, and that's weak. They look weak. They they've got no. I I think Arsenal have been saying this since the guy left, but they've got no Vieira in there. And then I look at the way Tony and the other forward just ragdolled their defense about. I mean, Ben White looked like a fucking teenager out there. You know I mean? Oi, can you imagine somebody had the nerve to say, what did Ivan Tony do all game? He didn't even score. I was like, brother, do you know half of your Arsenal d- defence was just being shoved around and just not mm-hmm. winning a single header? That's exactly blatantly what he was there to do. The manager blatantly said, listen, I don't care if you don't score today, right? Just make it difficult for the defence and make space for everybody else to come through and get opportunities because you're the man that can bully everybody. Oh, yeah, no he, not, he was brilliant. I thought Tony was brilliant. He come yeah. deep. He didn't give, like you say, Ben White's probably biggest strength is, is, is playing with the ball at his feet. He didn't yeah. get a minute. He didn't get a minute's piece to, to try and pick passes. 
Tony was he was a nuisance all game. I was very impressed with him actually because I don't really watch much championship. Obviously, I knew he was like the top scorer in that. Yeah. Um, but just his overall performance impressed me. But yeah, yeah. Arsenal, they just they're a mess. They're just a mess. I know um probably the only shining light for Arsenal was um Smith Rowe. He impressed me. Um yeah, yeah. I know I follow quite a lot of Arsenal fans on Twitter and they've all been raving about him. And I seen him a bit last year. And he looked tidy, but I've not seen too much of him. Um, so I've sort of kept an extra eye on him during that game. And he impressed me. The way he takes the ball on the half turn, he drives forward. He's yeah. always looking for, for, for the killer pass, but he won't yeah. play if he's not on. Like, he's another one. Like, with the, when we talk about the decision-making, you can see it's there from early. You can see he's going to be a quality player. Um, but outside of him, poor um, Martinelli burst on the scene like Arsenal fans were super excited about him not seeing much from him he was anonymous the whole game could not get himself involved in the game at all um, uh, Balogun Balogun I'm not sure how you pronounce it um, yeah Balogun yeah. I felt bad for him because he was very isolated um, he couldn't he couldn't make anything happen he barely got a touch of the ball don't think it was really his fault. Obviously, there was unlucky with the Lacazette and Aubameyang sickness or whatever was going on there. Um, yeah. He was unlucky. But again, you need more. Um, if the other two are out and that's what Arsenal have got to work with, it's not going to be enough. He, does, he didn't look ready. Um, no. Who else? I can't even remember who played. They were just all poor, apart from smith yeah, Here's what, this is, it's, yeah, this is what I will say, right? Arteta, he's got to hold the brunt for a lot of this because listen, it, there's one thing that I realized I was like, You guys are signing Ben White. This was my this was my uh, red flag. You're signing Ben White, but you don't int- intend to play a back three. Ben White has never played in a back two ever. Did you know that? He's never ever mm-hmm. not once played in a back two, and then you're asking him to play in a because you know what newly promoted teams are like that quote-unquote um, promotion bounce, they're very dangerous to play. Even the top teams don't like playing them this early. So there's there's that factor. And then B, there's obviously the Ivan Tony factor and the nature of the championship. It's a very physical league. That's what was mm-hmm. going to happen. Anybody who knows, that was, that was definitely going to happen. And then clearly you could see going forward, it... It, it got to a point of desperation where I noticed that the boys were just literally spamming it, just, just praying it to Tierney, and Tierney was just trying to spam crosses, spam crosses, mm-hmm. spam crosses, spam crosses. And these times, you're looking, Brentford have been aerially dominant the whole game. Why are you spamming in crosses, high crosses? I understand mm-hmm. if you're going wide and you're drilling low, because those ones can cause a deflection, or one of your guys can get at the end of it, or whatever. You see what I'm saying? But you're playing high crosses into the box for Brentford. They was comfortable all game. They was all comfortable game. defending. Yeah. Like you say, I think that the Arsenal, as well as looking weak, they looked small. They yeah. had no there's just no presence. Boys you against men. Everything you, you can't the way football is now, without that uh I don't really like the term pace on power. If you don't yeah. have it. It's, it's going to be just long. It's every game's just going to be long for you because if teams get in your face, you've got no out. Um, you looked around the pitch and they didn't have one. They didn't have one big guy. They haven't even got a big centre back. 
You know what I mean? I think they had uh, that Pablo Mari. He looked useless. He was awful. Um, I don't know what they're seeing in him. He looked terrible. He is dumb. Can play with the ball at his feet. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I am a, I'm a fan of Ben White. I think he's got some qualities. But the other day, he looked like a boy. He looked like a boy playing, playing in a man's league. Arsenal looked like the championship team that come up and got a reality check. And we're yeah. like, shit, this is the Premier League now. That's what it looked like. Brentford yeah. looked like the seasoned Premier League team. Yeah, exactly. So speaking on that, let's get into both goals because that illustrates your point completely. Kainos with the first goal. Uh, I I want to say it was Ben White, but it might have been Chambers that showed him onto his stronger foot. Mm. And then Leno, this guy, listen, it comes like every time I watch Arsenal, Leno costs him a goal again, nearly. You don't get beat at your near post like that. You don't. That's schoolboy stuff. Absolute schoolboy stuff. But I'm not going to lie to you. The mistake started off with the ball just wasn't fucking cleared. To begin yeah. with, at that point, when there's that much confusion in the box and 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 Brentford are clearly on the up and the momentum's on their side, you just hoof it into their own half and regroup, get your yeah. shape back together and go again. But they didn't do that. Don't know what happened to that clearance. Somehow fell over to a to a Brentford player, plays it to Kanos. Um, either Chambers or or Ben White has showed him onto his stronger foot and he's just pinged it near post. One nil. Mm-hmm. Absolute schoolboy stuff. Disgusting. If my um, SBU boys did that, who are non-professional team, by the way, that I used to coach, I would have gone absolutely apeful shit. All right. So that's the first goal. The second goal. This was disgusting. I remember. I remember. Deck, no word of I remember being 11 years old. Right. And remember, I wasn't even a defender. I remember being 11 years old. Yeah. Playing in a Sunday league game. I allowed the ball to bounce in the box. I swear to you, Deck, if I was 18 plus, my manager would have taken off his boot and just washed it straight in my face, bro. I'm telling you, you let the ball bounce in the box, right? You see, first of all, your goalkeeper is pinned by the two Brentford players. Old school stuff, bro. They just got around him and just was like this, pinned him, right? The ball's bounced in the box. Chambers, I think it's Chambers again. He just he's just watched the ball go past him, and somehow they've won the header. Mm-hmm. I think too. I think um, the the, the centre back put it in, didn't he? But um, yeah. the other, not Tony, the other forward, he was there. You know what I mean? So it wasn't even like the guys just managed to just be a defender. There was two. They were queuing up. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, no guard. It was. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's just weak. A, a, a ball comes in like that, like a, a Rory Delap throwing, let's say. Um, uh, yeah, that's why that's the term I used as well. <laughs> yeah, like front to back. Like, what's your keeper doing there? You know what I mean? Allison's clearing that. Edison is clearing that. Yeah. Big. Do you know who else is probably clearing that? Emmy Martinez, the guy that they let yes. go. Like, they should have exactly. kept and they should have let Leno go. Exactly. Um, and then your defenders, again. Circle back to the likes of Tony Adams, uh, Saul Campbell. That never would have happened. Even like even the defenders that Arsenal had that weren't even that good, they had a physical presence about them. Now you've got average guys who are they look like midfielders or something. Like if you lined Arsenal's def- like centre backs up, 
none of them look commanding. None of them look, you know what I mean? There's no one with a, a Thiago Silva presence or a Van Dijk presence. Um, I'd say, you know, to, to be fair on Arsenal, yeah, I would have said that Gabriel had the potential to do that, the one they signed from Lille. But you know Gabriel, what it is, right. what I don't trust. You know what it is, I don't trust. I just don't trust the coaching team to nurture him into that no. sort of defender. Mm-mm. No, but who, who's... They've got a few, like, exciting youngsters, but outside of these youngsters just coming in and... Again, that's... I'd, I'd put the youngsters... Uh, the the youth coaches they can take the credit for your Sackers and your Smith Rose coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, out of like all the Arsenal first team for the last two or three, who's got better? Who's come into Arsenal and become a better player? You know what I mean? Aubameyang came in with this mad rat, slapped in goals, but now the fans they don't the fans don't even like Aubameyang anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Lacazette's been shit pretty much since he touched down in the country. Um Martinelli it, had like the, the shortest purple patch ever. It's just it's bleak. It really is bleak for, for Arsenal. And now they're gonna sign Ramsdale. Oh, it's banter. Yeah, it's banter. He wouldn't have done anything to stop that goal yesterday. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He'd have got he'd have got bullied out by the, the Brentford players as well. I actually think, and, and this is saying a lot, I actually think Leno's a better keeper than him. Yeah, so like, what are you doing? You're not selling Leno, so why are you spending nearly £25 million on a backup keeper that just got relegated? It's the, like, nature, it's the nature of Arsenal Football Club. Honestly, the only... To, be, to be honest, it, it's, as, as much as like, it's, it's, it's nice for us not to be the banter team anymore uh, uh, and to, to have one of the big clubs going through such a banter phase... When you actually like deep it, it it's sad to see. It's like the fact, decline yeah, is is awful. I keep saying like they're in like Hodgson Liverpool kind of, but at least we sort of no, spotted it's that early. It's, it's we worse, didn't have yeah. a season. You know what I mean? We spotted that early. I can't see Arteta even getting sacked. Like, what's this guy got to do to get sacked? You know what it's I mean? Big, it seems yeah. like he's gonna be here for the next two years at least. And to be honest with you, Deck, it, it, before because I just feel like I've been I've I've been knocking Arsenal a bit. I'm just gonna give two positives real quick. I thought the Congo was really a positive, one of the positives. Yeah, for I forgot about him. He yeah, was. Yeah. He looked he looked decent, but eventually he's gonna get burnt out and frustrated at what's going on around him. Poor kid. And again, Kieran Tierney. He, he, he was he was just spamming in crosses, but that's another player that I really like. I feel bad he's for quality. him. Yeah, he's quality. But, Aside from that, man, I'll be honest with you. I I think Arsenal are going to struggle to finish top half of the table this season. Oh, and they'll they, be yeah, they're going to be in and around where they finished last year. Yeah, that, but it, it might be it might be worse this time. It might yeah. be worse. Um, so but not to take anything away from Brentford either, because that's oh, a yeah. huge, huge result for them. Um, and in terms of coming up, you can't ask for a better result. That's going to give them so much confidence. They're going to sort of. That's going to make them feel like they belong here now. So that's going to do wonders, like going into the games when they're playing teams that are probably going to be down in and around sort of bottom half of the table. That's going to give them confidence that, yeah, we can go and we can get points. Um, Ivan Tony, obviously, he looks a threat. They look a threat. And I think when when I watch the newly promoted teams, the main thing I always look at is, can they score goals in this league? 
Yeah, and Brentford exactly. look like they're not going to have any problems in that department. And that goes a long way. If Ivan Tony can get like 15 goals, 15 plus league goals, they're probably going to be all right. Because Brentford, Brentford slightly might finish top half of the table this year, you know. Because I, I say this not out of excitement, it's because I know and understand how this club is set up. Um, I had a cousin that played for for Brentford, so I understand in terms of like how they do their scouting, not just like by players. Obviously, you've got scouts that go and watch games beforehand, so they give the manager some advice on how to set up. What Brentford do is is on player by player basis and play by play basis, they assess with numbers in front of them the weakest um, statistic of a player or the weakest statistic all round as a team. And they brief the team on how they exploit that. And that's how they've been doing the giant killings through the other competitions mm -hmm. because they've, they've been beating the big teams in, in cup competitions as well. This is why I say Brentford, that is a very well-run football club. And don't be surprised if we don't see them leave the Premier League anytime soon. And it's nice to see, although there are West London rivals, kind of, you're not really around Chelsea, <laughs> but it's nice no, to see I, that. Yeah. I was thinking when, when I was watching them, I sort of, Towards the, towards the end of the game, I looked at it and I thought, these could be the next, um, like, Bournemouth. You know what I mean? Like a, a smaller club, nice, tight ground with a... Going to be a good atmosphere at all their home games. Um, and I can see them making the... Being a mainstay for a few years. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, going to that next level and becoming a complete sort of recognised Premier League team takes a lot of doing. Um, but I can see them being up there for, for for a few years, definitely. Yeah, so big up big up Brentford. Very good result from them. Disgusting result for Arsenal fans. It's no secret. We've seen how they've reacted on social media. But um, let's briefly move on to, because I've done a review on this one, Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Again, very similar to the Liverpool game from the from the first whistle, mm -hmm. which is battered them out of the park. I didn't see any opportunity where Crystal Palace were really going to get through and cause a serious threat. Um, Marcus Alonso for me in the first half was absolutely unplayable. Um, Crystal Palace was just I don't know. Well, I do actually Patrick Vieira because if you watch Nice, you'll see he was very negative there. He sets his team backs to just absorb and counter. Chelsea are not a team that you can do that against with the intelligence that we've got going forward and the creativity we've got going forward. We will break you down, especially mm -hmm. when a manager like Tuchel will figure it out. And that's exactly what happened. There's not really much else to say to that except the highlights of Marcos Alonso's free kick. Beautiful free kick. We know how techie he is. I think he's the most um, techie player at Chelsea. Not the best player. There's a difference between technique and 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 and, and mm -hmm. ability. Mm -hmm. But the way that guy strikes the ball, like there's there's no one better at Chelsea for me. Um, Marcus Alonso, brilliant free kick. Obviously, the talking point was um, Trevor Chalabar. Man, I think any fan, every fan, including yourself, if you saw that goal, you must have felt certain. You must have felt. Oh like yeah, I mean, you see a seller, like you see just a young guy like Premier League debut. You see a young guy coming through his his boyhood club. Um, score a goal on their debut, and just you, you see a celebration like that, like you can't, you just can't help but sort of, as a football fan, just feel that emotion with him. You know what I mean? Like that was just pure, pure relief, just pure happiness. I mean, full debut for the club, 
a few days earlier, lifts the Super Cup um, and then makes his Premier League debut. Man was solid as well. well. Like, he was solid. Yeah, he was, it wasn't just, oh, he scored a goal in a comfortable game. No, he was, he was solid. And, and that was the foundation. It was a good performance capped off with a goal. It wasn't just a goal out of nowhere and he was average all game. Um, but yeah, came, come out of nowhere. I mean, I'd never even... When I seen Shalabar in the starting lineup, I'm like, this guy doesn't play for Chelsea anymore. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realise who it was, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I was impressed. Um, could end up saving Chelsea quite a bit of money as well. I know obviously... Yeah, I agree. Kunde and... Well, the Kunde... Dead there. The Kunde no, situation... The Kunde situation, um, I don't think that's dead yet. I think a decision needs to be made on, on Kurt Zuma, first of all, because if he goes, we're going to need to bring an extra one in. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean that Talib is leaving. And then there's the situation between Rudiger's contract. Um, he's not signed a new contract yet. They're in discussion. So we may still need another centre-back. So I'm going to still keep an eye on that one. Um, as for Talib, as for Trevor, um, he went to Roma school, actually. So Roma, yeah, so Roma definitely was like, he, he's he's good, but he did tell me himself, he said he didn't expect him to develop the way he did. He always thought that Nathaniel was the better player, mm-hmm. but like, he's he's just surprised everybody. But then when you actually like sort of look at his body language, you can sort of tell like, this is a hardworking guy, bro. He's there to mm-hmm. play football. He's not interested in, in, in attention and all the extra things around football. He just wants to play. And I saw that in his celebration. Because that just looked like a kid who realised, like, I've worked so hard for this. Yeah, moment. that was like, yeah, hard, my hard work's paid off. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the celebration just said it all. Yeah. yeah, it said it all. And I think he's just going to push on and continue to do what he's doing. That's definitely going to spur him on. So well done to Trevor on that one. Um, the next game was Leicester versus Wolves. Sorry, Dan, to do this to you. <laughs> Opening game first L. How you, you, you can't have that, Dan. Shout out, Dan, over there on the Wolves fan cast. Big up that channel. You get me. Um, but listen. This is not even that finish from Vardy was fucking disgusting. That was a world class finish. That guy, one of my like one of my favorite like stories in football. Just like yeah. where he came from, and like you can like even I thought like they bought Pat Sandaker in, and I thought super smart move. Like Vardy, it mm. it wasn't the same Vardy that we've seen. Um, of the last few years, last season, he was off it. He went a long time without without scoring. Um, Ian Nacho sort of became the main man towards the back end of the season. Yeah. Um, and then you get Dakar and you kind of think, well, this is going to be Vardy's like phasing out sort of season. You know what I mean? Like obviously Ian Nacho, Dakar coming through, his minutes might get restricted. And then opening day, just a, a world class instinctive finish. Typical Vardy finish as typical, well. Typical, isn't it? Yeah. Typical, your, typical striker finish, man. Striking instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Just, post, just being that. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's just that Vardy is just brought back. You know, that kind of poacher where, like, mm-hmm. they don't give up on nothing, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it can't, there might not even be an opportunity there, but they somehow can see it and they pull it off. That was it. So it was nice to see Vardy get on that score sheet. Do you think, right, uh, Wolves are suffering from the loss of um, Espirito, their old manager? 
Um, I said Esperito because I know that's one of his names. The other two names have gone out of my head. What's his name? Nuno. 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 That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was there for a long, for a long, long while. And to lose a manager like that, obviously, it, it brings a transition period because mm -hmm. the whole club changes. Because once you have a manager that long, eventually things start to get tailored towards that manager. So obviously, it works out the best for the team. So now they're sort of coming out of there. And do you think this might be a season where they're going to struggle a bit more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they struggled last season, didn't they? Obviously, parted ways with Nuno. Um, I think Jimenez um, being out for most of last season was a massive, massive loss for them. Yeah. Um, obviously, they lost Jota in, in the summer as well. So when uh, Jimenez got that head injury, um, the goals just dried up for them. You sort of, Adama became the main man and his numbers have always been poor. Oh, man. Um, Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Since you're stuck on Adama, did you see that chance he missed, man? Mm. But one that's one. that's typical. That's just him in a nutshell, and I think that's why you've not seen any of the big teams move for him because I don't see, you know, like when when we signed Mane. Um, I know I always revert back to Liverpool as examples, but yeah, now when we signed Mane, you could see the scope for improvement by going to a better team and being around better players. Adama, I don't see it. I, I like him. He's got some good qualities, but he feels to me a bit like a bit like Wolfram Zahar. Mm. Unbelievable one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he's going to have stupidly high dribbles come the end of the season, um, but just not quite got that extra bit to go and be a, a top four, top six. Now, here's here's where I disagree with you, right? I agree with you and I disagree with you. I think he isn't top six material depending on where you intend to play him. Now, I think it would be a masterstroke if a team like Chelsea or someone who plays a wing-back system converted... You know, we're linked with right him as like a yeah. potential wing-back, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Now, this is what I'm saying. Now he becomes a different beast because if you put him into a team where you've got finishes like Lukaku, you've got creators like Kai Havertz, you've got man like Ziyech and all these guys that have the intelligence to do all of that stuff, his role is very simple. Just get up and down that wing like you normally do anyway. Help us create chances from that side. And that's all you have to do. You don't really have to be as competent in front of goal. So with that one, I think depending on how a top manager uses him, it might yeah, be a bit I mean, of a Yeah, I can see it if you sort of, if, if you grab him and, and, and sort of pull him into like a wing back area. Yeah. Sort of take away the need for him to be in and around the box. I can yeah. see, I can see that because he's got the attributes for it. Look, he's a big fucking powerful motherfucker who can. Oh run yeah, yeah, real, yeah. yeah. He's, he can run real quick as well. He can give a he can give a wing a, a tough time in a 50-50. All he has to do is just literally flick his finger and they go out the stadium. <laughs> he's that fucking big. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think that'd be a good signing for him. But unfortunately for him. Um, on the back end of a 1-0 loss with a miss that will most probably have given them nightmares until he can probably put it right in his next game, which actually won't be very easy because he's going to be playing at home against his ex-manager who have just booped Man City 1-0. And let's get on to another game, which I am proud to have predicted on camera. The right result. Tottenham 1, Manchester City 0. What happened to Pep Guardiola's Man City deck? The answer to some is fairly obvious. 
to me, I think it's more deeper than that. But I want to hear your answer before I give you mine. Um, I think a, a few a few sort of influential players missing from the team um, obviously takes away from. You can't say it was a full strength city, um, but without Aguero. I think it is glaringly obvious, and I said this before, if they don't sign Kane, I don't see where, where, where are their goals coming from. Um, I don't trust Jesus to get them goals to be getting 2025. Pep doesn't look like he trusts him. I, he's not starting when they've got no other striker he, at the he club. Played, he played Ferran Torres up front ahead of him. He played, Whether it was a false nine or what, I don't know. Roden played up front more than Jesus last season. That tells you everything you need to know about what um, Pep rate, how Pep rates Jesus, or not necessarily how he rates him, but how he sees him fitting into the team or how the team plays. He obviously doesn't fancy him. He was part of a make weight trying to get Kane earlier on in the window. So he's clearly surplus to requirements. Um, but yeah, if they don't get if they don't get Kane. They're gonna be in for a tougher season than people think, um, because you. I, I look at their attacking options, and they've got some unbelievable players, but they've got one twenty-plus goal a season player, and that's Sterling. And the thing is, with Sterling, you just don't know what Sterling's gonna turn up. Yeah. If the same Sterling turns up last season, City are fucked if they don't get a striker. <laughs> they they are. It's true, yeah. He it's paid true. 100 million for Jack Grealish. He's not going to score 20 goals. No. You know what I mean? Not. He might not even get 10 league goals. Um, who's going to be on the end of all those De Bruyne unbelievable crosses? Grealish is going to be on the end of them. Ferran Torres ain't going to be at the end of them. We saw that against Spurs. Boy, listen. My thing is this. It's like, obviously, the first point being Man City, they don't have a striker. And it showed that they needed one. But it was more than that. My thing was Tottenham were cutting through Man City's midfield so, so easily. Yet Fernandinho was still in that midfield. Uh, Gundogan was in that midfield. Um, That's a leggy midfield though, man. That's a leggy midfield. Like Fernandinho is unbelievable. But at one point, I think he actually technically became a free agent. And then Man City decided to re-sign him, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. he was going to leave. Yeah. And then Man City, obviously, I don't know whether they thought all this money's going on, they're two attackers, they're not going to be bringing in a, a midfielder mm. and, and, and re-sign him. But yeah, leggy, man. Um, the likes of Lucas Moura and, and Hume and Son just... Terrorised them. Yeah, just on Moura the turn, went past them with ease. Just Mendy. Yeah, Moura especially. Just Mendy every time he got the ball, he just left, left any... City player for dead. Um, Son was really impressive. I thought yeah. he did really well. They, they, they struggled a little bit early on, but um, once Son grew into the game a bit, um, they were brilliant. He, I mean, the way he gets his shots off on the edge of the box, uh, that the way he just can swivel on it and just whip it, he always gets it on target, always right near the corners. Yeah. Um, Big fan of his. The, the finish was unbelievable. Um, just put it where the keeper didn't even see it. It, it come through some bodies and he put it right in the corner. Um, 
But I was impressed. Tanganga did really well. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Was a booking for a long time as well, up against like Graylish and Sterling. He kept he, Sterling he, in his pocket, mate. Yeah, yeah, he impressed me a lot. Um, yeah, Spurs, I mean, they did what they needed to do. Man City had a lot on the ball. Um, but Nuno set them up perfect. Um, they were very deadly on the counter-attack. Um, they looked fresher than Man City. They were quicker than Man City. I think that, again, Man City just didn't have much pace. And the, the quick players in Man City's team aren't Man City's good players. Mendy's wank. Like, he is <laughs> terrible. Hey, Lucas ruined him, bro. <laughs> the CV of that guy for for his quality is unbelievable. Like, he's stealing a living there. Um, Cancelo <laughs> didn't look himself. I'm I'm usually a big fan of his. Yeah. Um, Ake doesn't look. I, I like him, but the drop off um, from like your companies, your Laporte's, even your Ruben Diaz, who yeah, the golfing quality is too big, isn't it? Yeah, Diaz as well. Like I'm not a big fan of Diaz. He's a he's an old school. Last ditch, put your body on the line, centre back. But he's not a leader. He's not. No. He can play with the no. ball at his feet. Don't get me wrong. But then, like, the fuck was he doing for that goal? <laughs> All he had to do was stick his leg out, and he's done some like I don't even know. What I, he's I, done. I don't know what he's done. And my thing is, is you see, you see, once once uh, that ball was played to Son, and I seen Ake was the one in marking him. I just said. I just said it. It's on. It's on the live stream on on back again. I just said literally, Ake is gonna step off, step off, step off. Then Ake is gonna realize he's in the box. That's if Son even gets that far, and Son's just gonna let let the shot off. Because Ake, the thing is with him, is he hesitates. Like mm-hmm. you might see, like sometimes because as a defender, I drop back into defense, so like I can sort of see. Sometimes as a defender, you have your window where you've just got to commit. And, to go, and, and and that's where you make the tackle. Anything, any split second outside of that, you're going to either get left or it's a foul. He does it too much. He second guesses himself too much. And that's and the happens. thing is, with, with someone like Son, you can't do that. No. You can't because he can just lang it in off either foot. That's so exactly. It doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter if you think, oh, all right, I think he's predominantly right footed. But if he's shaping up onto his left, you can't back off, it, off him when he's on his left. Because he'll do exactly what he did the exactly. other day and just whip it in. Controversial, controversial question. Um, Harry Kane gets sold to Man City. Son given the number nine and plays the rest of his Tottenham time down the middle. Does losing Harry Kane seem so bad after all, considering they get £150 million for him and play Son down the middle? Um think it's hard to say i mean the only reason you, the only thing you can say is it depends what they do with the cash yeah that's true you know what i mean like look at um i said this the other day look at when they um sold bail and <laughs> they bought like those eight man in one summer yeah and i don't think any of them turned out any good so it's all right having that big lump sum in the bank but it's how you spend it, isn't it? Who, who do you buy? Who? How, how do you replace Harry Kane? 
but it's different. But you know, but you see why it's different for Tottenham and what people are sleeping on. Um, their department, their, their department, their um, director of football is actually a very, very good one and knows how to get good deals. Like I'm telling you now, that signing of Christian Romero from Atlanta, mm-hmm. that is that is a very, very good signing. And if they if they end up selling him on, they're gonna sell him for probably 70 million onwards for, from there. So that's a man that knows how to scout. Don't be surprised if by the end of this window Tottenham have made a move for someone like Lautaro Martinez or someone serious like that, bro. Mm-hmm. Because because why not? Look, it's there's him, there's also that Vlahovic guy from, from Fiorentina that they're looking at as well. Tottenham yeah. uh, they're not obviously they're not dining at the top of the table, but they're not they're more attractive than Arsenal. They're they're about with Leicester, sort of thing. Although Leicester have had the more success, but when you really look at the levels to this shit, they're kind of in the same bracket, aren't they? Yeah. So they, in they, my they, opinion though, um I don't think Kane goes. I don't either. Well, no, mm-hmm. do you know do you know what, bro? I wish I could say that, but you gotta look at the team that we're dealing with, bro, and how quickly they're able to get this deal done. Because if this was if we're talking Man United, Liverpool, or one of these other teams that take their time to negotiate, I would have said by now it's too late. But Man City can just literally turn up and just be like, Okay, boom, that's it. Here's the money, give us the player. We got the contract ready. Um, all right, let's move this one on. Uh, how many damn We've got Newcastle and West Ham, and then we've got Watford, Villa, Everton, and Southampton. Have you got time for the three games left, Deck, or you got to go soon? No, we can run through them. We can run through them quickly. Okay, so let's let's run through them real quick. Watford, um, obviously winning three two, their return to the Premier League, a very positive one. One one face that Premier League fans should be familiar with is Ismail Yassar, particularly. Liverpool fans heavily linked with him. I believe it was two summers ago. Well, what for the Yeah. Yep. Looks like he's come back and he's just picked up straight from the form that he left in the Premier League. Um, excellent result there for Watford. Unfortunate result there for Aston Villa also losing their star man Jack Grealish in the summer. Yeah. Deck, yeah. I'm just gonna let you just give me a quick run through through the game before we move on to the next one. Great result for Watford. I think most people had them as one of the favourites to go straight back down. Um, again, uh, three points on the opening day. They'll take a lot of a lot of confidence from that. Three goals. Um, again, scoring goals is massive for for a team coming up. So to yeah. get three in your opening game, it's just going to give you confidence and make you think that we belong here. That that sort of belief that it gives you. Um, and if they can keep hold of Saar, which it looks like they will. Um, he can be the difference maker. He can be the one that sort of gets them those those points when they're down in the little six point dogfights, and he can be that little bit of quality that maybe some of the other teams that are going to be down there. This is me that I, I think they're going to be down there. Um, I that's so. my opinion, but I think that's he's got that little bit of quality that not every team has. So he he'll definitely be the difference between them. Um, being in a proper dogfight and, and and maybe just being safe. Uh, Villa, I think Villa will be all right. Um, I think they've recruited pretty well, actually. 100%. Um, it's going to take a minute just to to get used to not having your talisman there, bedding the new signings in. Um, but they'll be all right. They'll be up in and in about uh, where they finished last season. Um, so they'll, they'll chalk that one down as 
move, moving on. They've got a couple of goals, so they've got a little positive to take. Um, I think they'll probably just chalk that down and, and they'll be back. Um, but good result for Watford. No, 100%. 3-2, 3-2 Watford, good way to start the, the season. And I agree with you, like you said, I think Aston Villa should be fine going forward. Just maybe a little more... Um, Playing time together as a team is needed. Um, another game after that, your your Merseyside rivals Everton beat Southampton 3-1. Um, good goal from Adam Armstrong, actually. I want to give him props. It was a it was a mm-hmm. brilliant finish uh, on the 22nd minute. Um, and then not like it could have just been Danny Ings. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly brilliant finish. Um, Richarlison getting a goal on the 47th minute for Everton. Decore with an absolutely brilliant finish. Did you see that? Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, lovely bit of footwork there as well. Spun the defender, slapped it in top corner. Keeper had no chance. Fair play to them. Um, looked looked decent, obviously, to come back to come back from being 1-0 down and winning uh, Everton at one point. Once you go, once they went behind, they weren't getting the result. But they look like they might turn it around. They've got a decent squad there. Um, so let's see what happens there with Everton. What do we have left here? We've got Burnley, we got Burnley and Brighton, and then we got Newcastle and, and West Ham United. Burnley, Brighton, I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. The only thing that I really remember about this game is Tarkovsky just absolutely shoving more pay down to the floor to win that <laughs> header. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but then but then Mope did get his uh he did get his uh Yeah, good result for them coming back. I think they went one 0 down after about two minutes. Two didn't minutes, they? yeah. Mope did get his revenge in the second half, obviously yeah. getting a goal in the 73rd minute, and then Alexis McAllister in the 78th minute. And it buries it for uh, Brighton 2-1 against Burnley. Um, not, like, again, I can't remember too much that happened in that game. Not the most exciting two teams playing. No disrespect to their fans. Um, but Newcastle, our final game, Newcastle versus West Ham United. A game full of goals. West Ham obviously won that game 4-2. Um yeah, Dick, let's let's talk a little bit about this game. Like to see Callum Wilson on the score sheet the first five minutes. Um him, that's a striker I feel sorry for, man. Injury plagued, could have mm-hmm. gone way further than he did. I remember him at Coventry City as well. He when he had less injuries, he was just absolutely lethal. And he was someone that I was looking at, like, yeah, he could do a job in the Prem. Then he went to Sheffield United. I believe it was Sheffield United. Did he get promoted with Sheffield United? Um, I think he did. You know what? I think he did because I'm just going off my memory. <laughs> going off my memory. Please be right. Don't be wrong. Don't be wrong. All right. So Coventry. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, shit. Goonie got that one wrong. Anyway, enough about that waffle anyway. Let's move straight on to the game. 4-2. What a result. West Ham. They turned that one around, didn't they, Dick? Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm quietly looking forward to seeing West Ham. Um, thought they looked good last season. Um, think they still need a striker. They definitely need, uh, and I think they're looking. They're trying to buy a striker. It's just who do they get? It's just a difficult market out there for uh, for guaranteed goals. Um, but they, they'll be good. They'll be again in and around where they were last season, knocking on knocking on the door of those European places. 
Um, I think they'll have a good season. I'm looking forward to seeing um, Ben Rama now. He's now he's had a season yeah. season there and he's he's settled. He looks an exciting player. So good season for them. Uh, Newcastle. We 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 can pretty much know where they they're going to be down there in and around sort of fighting for safety. Um, and another team like they they thank they they need to be thankful that they've got Callum Wilson if he can stay fit. Um, it's goals down there. It, having a goal scorer when you know you're going to be in a relegation fight is huge. Yeah. Um, and if he can stay fit, they should probably be okay. Um, but it's probably going to be a long season for them again. Um, it's just a bit shit in it seeing a, a big team like Newcastle just under Mike Ashley just in the shit every year. Um, it feels like it feels like the same season just plays out year after year for Newcastle, yeah, and it's it. just a bit. It's a bit grim. They had that little little upturn when Benitez came in, and that sort of Mike Ashley pissed him off. They parted ways, and they just they just stuck in a bit of a cycle, I think. And it's 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 a bit shit to see from a just from a footballing perspective. But what can you do? What can yeah, you do? It is what it is, but. Nonetheless, good result for West Ham. Um, one player that particularly impressed me that game was Saeed Benrama. Had one of his better games starting to show the promise that he had while he was at Brentford. Because I felt last season he was a little off it, but gave mm-hmm. him like That was his first season at West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So maybe he'll push on and we can see what he's really capable of. But... That's it for the Premier League Roundup Games of the Week. To all of you that have been watching, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you like, share and subscribe, all of that good stuff. Also, you can find Dex details down below in the description. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff. And you will be finding Dex here. Um, So like I said to you before the stream, we're going to try and do this weekly uh, on the last day of the Premier League games. So try and keep some time space available for me, Deck, on those days, yeah? Yeah, I'm here, bro. All right, then. Well, thanks again, everyone. Also, catch me this week again on on Back Again with Troops and Zaf. We will most probably be doing it on computer because Troops has gone home to London because he's scared of what's about to happen when Chelsea smoke Arsenal out there. He doesn't want to see me face to face. Okay, so on that note, I'm going to end it. Be safe. Bless.